From the campus of Stanford University, this is the Innovators Radio Show and Podcast, featuring one-on-one interviews with renowned thought leaders, founders, and game changers committed to ideas, innovation, and entrepreneurship well executed. Our radio show and podcast illuminates the struggle, breakthroughs, and exceptional outcomes purpose-driven entrepreneurs and game changers bring to industries, organizations, and lives. Hosted by executive producer of Stanford Athletics, Beyond the Champions, radio show, and principal of Podfather Media, Tom Dioro. Today, we're, uh, we're honored and uh, really excited to be joined by uh, Elijah Kim, husband, father, and founder of Gallery Arc and Tatum Dioro. Business Operations, Partnership, and Growth. Gallery Arc is helping bring Web3 to life with augmented reality. Feel free to visit their website at galleryarc.com. Again, that's galleryarcarc.com. Hello, Elijah. Hello, Tatum. Again, honored and excited to have you on the show today. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure and honor to be here. Be awesome. Likewise. Now, as we talked about before the show, is um, I'd love to hear a quote from Elijah and Tatum. It's how we start the show. Your audience gets a feel for your essence. And uh, Elijah, please. So one of my favorites is do what you love, love what you do, and you'll never work a day in your life, right? Because you can't call what you love work um, and, and certainly loving it and certainly loving the tribe and the people that I'm, I'm building with. And Tatum, love to hear yours. Yeah, for sure. So my favorite quote is, unless someone like you cares a whole awful lot, a thing is going to get better. It's not. And that's by Dr. Seuss. And it's taken from the Lorax, the, the book and the movie. Yeah. And it really just empowers people to focus on building what they care about. And because if they don't, then nothing will change. Yeah, I noticed a theme, Elijah and Tatum, not just looking at your website, but in speaking with you, that there's a tremendous amount of care and foresight. Um, with both of you, and I would I would expect that that's part of the culture with gallery arc. Is that is that true, or am I reaching a little? No, not at all. I mean, you know, I think we're uh, what there's many universal themes um, as part of our 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 group, our tribe. You know, one of the things that I'm most proud of is, is our team is is truly like a tribe. It's 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 multi ethnic, it's multicultural, it's multi generational. Um, and there's so many common themes within these dimensions, but one of the big things is empathy. And we just have tremendous care for each other, but um, those around us, um, from our family to our friends and beyond. And this is where we're really excited to extend not just you know our, our care um, with others, but leverage and use technology to really amplify that care and spread it and let it permeate um, that much faster and stronger. The name of the company, how did you uh, arrive at the name of your company? Uh, it was a bit of on a whim. Um, okay. so I've been a bit of a GoDaddy junkie in the past and every so often I dust that off and I'll just cruise around and have crazy ideas and thoughts for URLs and it's kind of like, you know, prospecting in real estate back in the day, right? The land or, or resources. And, um, and so, uh, late last or early last year, I'd say, um, you know, I was starting to think about, um, you know, how, just some of the broken pieces of Web3 and where I saw tremendous opportunity was around augmented reality and NFT. And I've always been a huge fan and advocate and patron of the arts. 
And so, you know, the gallery part of the brand and name is very much has this connection to art galleries and just galleries like photo galleries to, you know, um, uh, what have you, right? And then the ARC piece, there's a couple play on words there. So one, it's an acronym for Augmented Reality Collection, but it can also be the, the word ARC, like there's a growth ARC, right? Or an ARC into this, you know, um, uh, new, you know, world of Web3. So, you know, going from Web2 to Web3 and there's the, the ARC that kind of transitions over there. And I have Tatum to thank for that. Like she, that was her definition. I was like, yeah, that's actually, I, I love that. And I think that's appropriate and correct. <laughs> Yeah, that was actually when I first met Elijah and it was virtually, um, I was going through the slideshow and I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. And I feel like it really resonates, you know, the fact that it's gallery, meaning, you know, art or art related and collection related. And then ARC, you know, literally bridging and being the ARC for Web 2 to Web 3 for either, you know, Web 2 existing companies or startups, and then also helping to bridge the gap between what Web3, let's say, you know, NFT projects or Web3 specific companies and startups, and really providing that uh, bridge and Gallery Arc being that. The Web3 from Web2, for some of our, uh, your listeners and your audience today, they, uh, they're not, they're, this may be the first time they've heard of it. Share with it what, uh, what, what the description is from web two to web three i mean i i thought Tatum, do you want to take this or do you want me to swing first you can take it we can tag team sure. okay so <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll even take a even a bigger step back to web one right so web okay. one was very much just read only right the, the, i love this kind of just boiling it down this simplest term of you know web one was read only web two was read write but web three is read write own and so you know there's always been this appetite for ownership but what truly is ownership and how do you prove ownership and this is where blockchain technology has been you know foundational and fundamental in being able to prove provenance authenticity right and ownership and with that ownership is value there's you know this connection i mean you know um when you own something you care more about it you become a steward of it um and that's where i find you know the web3 movement to be quite special um you know, I mean, people and also the ability to participate equitably. Um, so now not only are you contributing to a community or the creation of something, now you actually get to participate equitably for the lifetime of whatever that might be. Exactly. Yeah, that that's a wonderful summary. And to get even deeper in terms of like the technical um, parts of Web3, it's generally uh, based in blockchain or decentralization of either, let's say, um, certain companies, how they operate. There's also terms like a DAO, which is a decentralized autonomous organization, and you know the whole list of Web three terms. But uh, Elijah laid it out perfectly in terms of you know how we've gone through Web two to Web three, and now or Web one to Web two to Web three, and how we're going to move forward. And it's really the whole idea of be de being decentralized, really being equal and helping innovate in that being the common theme across web three. And then also just across the board of innovation. Now I'll step back just for a second with that. That's the, the most clear definition I've heard. Thank you very much. And <laughs> I have a very clear understanding of it. Uh, Elijah, going back to the, the gallery and the art, 
that uh, uh, Steve Blank at uh, Stanford University has said that an entrepreneur is much more so an artist than they are an executor. What's your thought on that? I absolutely believe that. I mean, you know, so much of entrepreneurship is creating and inventing. It's, um, you know, seeing uh, what others don't see and going against the grain, whether it's being like a contrarian or, or not, right? It's just, you know, believing and having absolute faith that something is actually there. You don't even see it yet. And this is where I'm a huge uh, advocate and I'm a huge fan of Stanford D School and human-centered design, where, you know, there's these latent unmet needs that we don't even know until it hits us right in the face, right? Like I kind of mentioned <laughs> earlier, I like this Henry Ford quote of, if I asked my customers what they wanted, they'd want a faster horse because they didn't know that the car existed yet, right? It wasn't until they got behind the car, they were like, I love it. And even, you know, for myself, I'm guilty. I was a huge BlackBerry, CrackBerry user. And when the iPhone first came out, I was like, it doesn't have a keyboard. I don't need this thing. How can I type with my eyes closed and under the table, right? And then it wasn't until I started using the iPhone, I was like, oh my God, it does everything. And quite frankly, like, I think one of the most powerful features that most people can align on is, is the photo. It's a camera. You know, it's almost for most people, it's a camera before it's a phone. It's, it's a camera before a communication device and it's capturing these memories. Um, and it's obviously so much more, but I, I love, you know, entrepreneur, like many entrepreneurs, I'd say most entrepreneurs, I absolutely align with that idea of they, they are artists, they are creating, they are promoting. And, um, yeah. Super. That's awesome. Now the, t the, uh, if you're at Liberty to share some of the, the clientele that you work with or you like to work with I'd love to hear you don't have to name names of course but what what uh, typically is the type of clientele that really resonates at least at this point uh, with your uh, your skill set and your offering sure so we started uh truly subscribing to defi culture and you know almost like counterculture anti-corporate in a way right um uh, my partners and I, many of us, um, come from management consulting and large corporate gigs and, you know, jobs. And, and so, um, we're actually quite excited to what we thought shed that skin and kind of move into this, you know, decentralized world. And, um, but what we found was, I mean, you know, these large incumbents, they exist for reasons. They do deliver, fat, you know, incredible products and they also, you know, disrupt industries fundamentally. It's not just startups that are doing that, right? Uh, but initially, we were very um, keen and acutely focused on serving uh, creators, specifically visual artists. Um, you know, a lot of uh, ranging from uh, blue chip, fine contemporary artists all the way to developing artists. Uh, but what we found ourselves was, um, you know, going back to almost like the prodigal son to these corporates that we came from, because we found that there was this unmet latent need that they saw in the market and they were meandering around web three, trying to figure out what the metaverse was. And quite frankly, most of these corporates that are influencing the definition of the metaverse, they've tainted it. You know, I mean, I, I, I don't mean to talk bad on, on meta, but you know, I mean, some of the things that they've done to lead the charge and way into the metaverse has been actually quite counterproductive. When Zuckerberg came out with his avatar with the kind of you know, spooky doe eyes, you know, it actually, that was the people's knee jerk reaction was like, oh, I don't, well, I don't want anything to do with that. Right. And it's obviously so much more. 
And so anyhow, just a, a short story long on, on this is, you know, initially started with creators and artists in indie, um, but very quickly found ourselves back in this corporate construct and acting almost as a Sherpa to some of these corporates that we had once served and we're serving them again. Yeah. How was that? Was that shift something that happened gradually or was it really quite suddenly that you said, this is where... Um, to be honest, it was a bit sudden. So, okay. uh, as we've all kind of experienced, uh, we're still somewhat in this crypto winter and, you know, not just the web three markets, but the global markets have taken a hit. There's a war in Europe, you know, and, um, the NFT market was extremely frothy and overhyped. And then, uh, there was a lot of rug pulls and fraud. And so it was no surprise that there was a crash. And, uh, and so when that happened, we found ourselves kind of going back to the drawing board and trying to figure out, okay, you know, how do we not only survive, but how do we thrive? And this is also where we couldn't deny our roots and backgrounds serving these large corporates. And so despite some of the ethos and kind of um, the interests of rejecting large corporates and incumbents um, within this Web3 world, you know, we found ourselves trying to figure out ways to harmonize like the, the old world with the new. And this is also where we've become, you know, absolutely committed and almost religious with bridging the Web2 and Web3 worlds or the metaverse with the universe. And, and it's not just these hardcore crypto enthusiasts. It's yeah. everybody. I mean, the, let's just be honest. I mean, you know, people are people. I don't care if you have a crypto wallet or not. You know, you're still a person just because you have a MetaMask wallet with, you know, uh, uh, a gazillion ETH or Bitcoin. Does that make you better? Because, you know, my my wallet, my leather wallet is, you know, filled with a few shekels. Right. So, um, yeah. Excellent. This is a fascinating show. It's also the innovators at KZSU Stanford 90.1 FM. We're talking today with Elijah Kim, founder of Gallery Arc and Tatum Dioro, business operations, partnerships, and growth. For more information, feel free to visit their website at galleryarc.com. That's galleryarc.com. Uh, how do we thrive? I like how you said that, Elijah. How do we thrive, not just survive? Is that kind of an ethos or a mindset of yours? I, it's, I would like to say it's not just mine, it's ours, right? Okay. It's our tribes kind of, we've subscribed to this. So, you know, we certainly are in a, um, uh, I'd say like when I say we, I say all of everybody, like the, the markets are down, there's, you know, uh, 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 you know, anxieties about energy. And, and it's easy, it's human nature for us to subscribe to this scarcity mindset. And, you know, I come from uh, generations of, um, you know, my family, I, I was born here, um, here in California, but my parents are from Korea and, you know, they lived through and their grand, their parents and their parents lived through a number of crises, specifically war. Right. So it's, it's easy to subscribe to this scarcity mindset of, I don't know when the next meal's coming. I don't know when the next buck is coming. I don't know if I'm going to live tomorrow. Right. Um, but when you live like that, you know, you start, you can't, you can't give you, you're, you're only worried about what you can receive. And this is where, you know, we've definitely been advocating and trying to be in more of an abundance mindset and so that we can give. Because when we receive, you know, it's a whole lot easier to, to give. And, you know, you certainly kind of like when you're in the airplane, they say, put your mask on first before you put That's the right. mask on others. So, you know, we, we we're, it's not like we're, we're just giving, giving, giving. Like we want to, we need to kind of 
you know, resuscitate ourselves and kind of juice up and whatever and get strong and, um, and, and be fed, but with the intention and absolute kind of mindset and attitude to give. But we, we, we are subscribing to this abundance uh, mindset and attitude, and, and that way we can give abundantly. And this is where while the markets are down, they will come back. And, and we'll hold our breath till it turns blue. And, and, you know, white knuckling is, it's tough. I mean, we are a bootstrap early stage venture and we've been incredibly resourceful with, with nothing, not little, nothing. We're, we've literally made a lot out of absolutely nothing. And what, what we do have though, actually is, is huge heart, huge faith, huge, huge belief. And, and we support each other. You know, that's so important, especially for the marketplace where everyone's market is um, uh, a number of people that are, I've talked to different realms, different marketplaces, but they say the one thing that it, it is a connector to all the founders and companies is there's courage. What's your thought on that? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, uh, not an ounce, but t- megatons, right? I mean, it's it's easy to just hide right? And just, you know, try to just tuck behind the corner and just wait it out. But it takes courage to stand up, you know, not sit down and shut up, but stand up, act up and speak loud. And, you know, and this is where that's infectious, it's contagious. And that's where we say, you know what, I'm not going to be afraid to spend. You know what, I'm not going to be afraid to work. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. But, you know, this is where we have to muster up that courage, shore up that courage. And, and it's a whole lot easier when you're, when you're surrounded with others that are willing and ready to do that as well. You know, um, when you do it alone, it's, it's incredibly difficult. Uh, and I'm very fortunate where I'm not alone. Like I've got this incredible tribe, tribe surrounding me and, you know, we're constantly like, they are pulling me up all the time, pushing me up and <laughs> propping me up. And, and it's, um, it's, it's my, it's my water. It's my, my steak. It's my rice. It's my everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How, what's the industry's business's response so far to what it is that you guys, uh, the tremendous service product that you guys have? I wish I would say it was great, but it's unfortunately been a bit lukewarm. I think a lot of it has to do with um, just a lot of ap- apprehensions or rather uncertainty for what, you know, Web3 is, what the metaverse is. Um, you know, augmented reality adoption is definitely not picking up nearly as fast as virtual reality, for instance. And even VR is, you know, it's not, it's happening fast, but it's not happening as fast as a lot of people had hoped. Um, you know, I certainly believe one of the the great silver linings of the pandemic was, you know, people started to embrace frontier technology. What was once frontier bleeding edge technology is now commoditized. It's like there's more Oculus headsets that are floating in people's, you know, uh, uh, bedrooms and living rooms than ever before. And they were sold out during the pandemic because what else are you going to do? You're stuck at home, you know, and you're like, I want to go to the park. Well, I can't. Well, I guess I'll just put this headset on and go to the park, right? <laughs> Um, so it was, it was quite special to see that part kind of the, you know, the, the, the things flower from, from what seemed to be dead dry kind of land. Um, and, you know, this is where we, we are very, uh, like I said, we're, we're patient and we're holding our breath till it turns blue. I feel like my face is blue already. Um, but you know, <laughs> Apple is, uh, certainly and, and Google, um, you know, these, these huge ecosystems, they have made massive steps into standing up and propping up augmented reality. All of our phones, whether you're an Android or iOS user um, with, with a current device, they're AR capable. 
absolutely are capable. Uh, many people have actually taken steps into AR with Pokemon Go and games. Um, but, you know, there's it just the potential is just massive. And we're not even seeing the tip of the iceberg. Nobody sees it yet. And, you know, with Apple coming out with an AR headset soon, Meta also coming out with a, a see-through VR, AR mixed reality device. Um, I suspect and our team also, we believe that the adoption is going to be massive. And the way people interact with each other and communicate and learn, share art, create, it's just going to be, the change is going to be exponential. And I, I'm excited to look back at conversations like this and be like, remember when like no one knew what we were talking about and now it's just everywhere. And I suspect and believe it's going to happen soon. Is it going to happen in, in our, in our lifetime? Absolutely. Is it going to happen this year? Probably not. Is it going to happen next year? I, I think that's where we're, it's really going to heat up. I think the Apple effect is going to um, be quite real, Sim similar to the comment earlier about BlackBerry to, to the iPhone. You know, it's like there's this latent unmet need that I think people will start to experience with augmented reality and also with blockchain. And um, until they see it and try it, they're not going to understand it. And, and they're going to see and try it very soon. It's, it's, it's already happening and they don't even know it. And to even touch on that um, a bit more, it's just really hardware meets software. And once we have it and we're all at like a similar-ish level, I definitely agree. And Elijah definitely knows the whole team agrees that we'll see this large rise in adoption and also understanding. And uh, even re recently, Tim Cook um, just mentioned the fact that AR will be something that, oh, well, how do we even exist without it before? How did we even operate without it before? As opposed to uh, VR, which is, you know, you're putting on the headset, isolating yourself, as opposed to AR, literally augmenting reality. And that's what, across the board, the team feels. And I know Elijah is definitely the one leading that. So definitely happy to be here and supporting. Excellent. We're talking today with Elijah Kim and Tatum Dioro of Gallery Arc. For more information, feel free to visit their website at galleryarc.com. That's galleryarc.com. Our uh, public service for today's sh show is uh, for Stop AAPI Hate. And that about the uh, that is in response to the alarming escalation in xenophobia and bigotry resulting from the COVID-19 pandemic. AAPI Equity Alliance or AAPI Equity, Chinese for Affirmative Action, CAA, and the Asian American Studies Department of San Francisco State University launched Stop AAPI Hate Coalition on March 19th of 2020. The coalition tracks and responds to incidents of hate, violence, harassment, discrimination, shunning, and child bullying against Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders in the United States. For more information, feel free to visit their website at stopaapihate.org. Again, that's stopaapihate.org. Elijah and Tatum, I, I like this. How did we exist without it before? Share with us what that's like to, to share with your uh, prospective clientele and your existing clientele. So I think specific to um, uh, the the sort of the Web3 boom, you know, we discussed just a bit about how the pandemic, uh, we believe, really accelerated a lot of the growth and adoption. 
Um, but with that growth and adoption, I think there was a lot of misunderstanding for what it is, right? So um, Gallery Arc is largely two pieces. There's the experience piece of augmented reality, um, but there's also the ownership piece um, that comes from blockchain technology. And what we found was um, last year, early last year, you know, there was this huge gravitation towards um, NFTs and a lot of creators, you know, trying to figure out, I, I can't DJ out at a club. No one's coming. So what can I do? You know, and, and Clubhouse became very popular. And um, and then there started to become this understanding of a blockchain and how you can actually participate equitably. Um, but what we also found was behind many of these NFT projects and nothing against, you know, some of the, the you know, the uh, a, a lot against the fraudulent ones, but the ones that were pure, nothing against them. Um, but, you know, many people are very familiar with uh, Board Ape Yacht Club and what Yuga Labs has done, right? And CryptoPunks, CryptoKitties and, you know, so many others, right? Um, but what, what we found was there was a lot of promise of utility, Um but what we experienced and saw was that promise, it fell short. And, um, and this is where, where we felt, felt that it fell short was the, the, uh, the experience. You know, more often than not, the greatest value from owning a board ape was being able to replace your profile picture on Twitter um, or Instagram and brag to your friends. Hey, <laughs> look at me. I'm cool. I am a board ape yacht club owner, right? Um, but, you know, unlike the uh, the Soho House member that could also do the same, the big difference is they take you to Soho House or they take you to their social club, the country club, whatever. And, and there's this experience that's just, you know, something else. Right. Um, and this is where we felt uh, many things the, the there was some basic, simple, fundamental table stake pieces that um, were unmet. And we felt augmented reality could and should and will solve a lot of it. So rather than limiting the ownership experience to, hey, this is my board ape on my Twitter profile. Now, like, let's unlock a whole lot more. And we've heard of some uh, board ape uh, owners opening up restaurants, you know, so there's board and hungry that's done quite well. And, and evidently it's starting to franchise, but that's a real experience. So you go there, you bite into a hamburger and there's a whole curated experience and it's all centered and anchored around the board ape yacht club right and um, augmented reality we believe could unlock that same spirit um, and people just haven't seen and experienced it yet and when we show people so we were at um, uh, nft nyc and we were invited to participate in a few um, ape fest activities and when we showed ape owners what we were able to do with their apes it blew their mind they were like oh my god because the, the most that they were able to do was use their ape to access events, which, by the way, the events they had to wait in line for and, you know, buy merch, right? Uh, most of these people spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on their apes, and they thought it was more like a it would be more like a shareholders conference where they would be wine and dined and respected mm -hmm. and treated so nice like a VIP. But instead, it was like a cattle call. Okay, cattle, line up and let me extract more money from you. Buy some merch. You know, get in line. Oh, by the way, the fire marshal came by. You can't come in anymore. Sorry. <laughs> wow. So there, there's much to consider with this. How is a in hindsight, if you look at this three or four years ago, where are you now in, in terms of where you see yourself today and in the next couple of years? 
Well, where, where we see ourselves today is, unfortunately, like uh, our partner, Greg, he, he calls it the doldrums. And it sounds like <laughs> such a eerie, like, ooh, spooky space, you know. But certainly the markets are, it's, unfor- it's uncomfortable right now. And, and it's not just us, it's many. And something that I feel very fortunate is, um, you know, we had opportunities to take some funding in earlier in the year, but we, we held our breath and we're like, hey, let's, let's get some more meat on the bone. And despite the market being super frothy, we, we actually were committed to, hey, let's actually try to get some more product validation, you know, ensure, you know, product market fit. Um, and, you know, for better or for worse, you know, when we went out to try and get some more support and build our community, the market really tanked. It fell off a cliff. Um, and so we're still recovering from that. And I'm so thankful that, you know, the, the team has just been patient and we've all, you know, no one's um, blown smoke up anyone's butts. Like we're all very <laughs> much like, hey, let's let's assess. You know, we've yeah. got we went into triage mode. One 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 of the big benefits of not having um, had that good, good fortune earlier in the year, um, we didn't, you know, lean in and scale and, and start investing tremendous resources and capital into building out certain programs. And, um, and fortunately for us, there was nothing to cut, right? So, <laughs> so that, that was probably one of the best big fortunes of, of uh, starting from a place of nothing. It's like everything that we get is actually, whether it's incremental or huge, we're building it from scratch. We don't owe, we don't, we're not in debt to anyone. And I mean, so this is where I feel very fortunate where I'm, I'm, I believe, you know, this time next year, this time in five years, we're going to be in a much, much better spot because there's only one way to go. You know, most of these folks went from from high up to down. We're going from bottom to top. And so it's just the ride is great. Yeah, on, along the lines of that, that ride is uh, I've seen some of the um, the products with the augmented reality. And it's phenomenal, the level of detail, the lighting, the shade. It, it I don't know. It seems like it increases every couple months when I go back to it or I see it again. Is that just how rapidly the marketplace is moving? I, I think it's uh, the marketplace has a is a huge contributing factor to it. I think the more awareness, the more interest there is to this, then the more uh, people start to innovate and could contribute and collaborate. And you know, there's uh, a number of dimensions that contribute to the success of um, augmented reality or extended reality. And you know, I think the technology is certainly a huge component to it where the devices that we use, the new iPhones or the new Android devices that come out, the cameras, the processing power, it only enhances, it only improves the experience. Um, but also with that is the, the creators that are uh, leaning in and wanting to create. And so there's um, a number of different types of AR that we bring to life. But to boil it down into three main categories, there's, uh, you know, basically a one-to-one rendering. And this is where we use photogrammetry to literally scan a person, a place, a thing, and uh, turn them into AR. So it could be a car, and it will literally be a one-to-one. It's a digital twin, an exact replica, right? Nothing is different. Then there's the, the rendering, or rather, you know, having an artist look at a picture of something, someone, and have them, you know, interpret it and turn it into what they, as best they can into a one-to-one, right? It would be like someone sketching, uh, you know, doing doing someone's profile at the fair or something, you know, kind of something similar to that effect. 
Um, and you know, we have a lot of really great technology now where we're leveraging AI to really fill in a lot of the gaps. And this goes back to the photogrammetry as well. You know, AI is able to stitch. If I take, you know, uh, just a dozen photos of, of yourself, Tom, like I front, back, center, side to side, top, bottom, AI can now stitch it all together. And if the light is balanced, well, I'll get a fantastic AR of yourself. Right. And I could bring you with me wherever I go. Right. <laughs> and, and, uh, but otherwise I, I just need one photo and I can take your photo to, uh, so Paco, he's our chief AR officer, Caro. <laughs> he's also serves kind of as our CMO as well, but he's a, he's our AR wizard. And he, along with his team of, you know, uh, AR bandits, you know, they, they can create and produce, you know, just the most amazing, um, 3d art and, and AR objects. And it could be using tools like photogrammetry, or it could just be using um, just their hand rolling and creating from scratch. And then also beyond that, then there's just reimagining. So it's uh, taking your photo or your memory, uh, the, my memory of you, and, and just imagining, oh, well, what would Tom look like, you know, like Superman? Or what would Tom look like, like a unicorn, you know, and just be kind of... Uh, interpreting what you might be as a different character, like in The Simpsons or in, you know, Family Guy or, you know, as an X-Men, you know, or as a tree or not, you know, right? And so those are, I would say, the three main kind of uh, dimensions of how we view AR. Um, and, you know, sky's the limit. There's a lot in between and beyond. But that that's for the most part how we kind of recognize uh, uh, these, these three categories. Excellent. Well, we'd like to uh, know... Is there anything in this that you'd like to share that we haven't shared on the show so far, Tatum? And we'll start with you, and then we'll uh, move to Elijah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I suppose just really emphasizing on even during this time where you know the entire global market is down, and we've been super resourceful even through it all. It's it really highlights how we come together as you know so called a tribe family, and with that emphasizing the fact that I was a, I'm an Amenlo alumni and Greg, who is also with it, he's our uh, CFO and he is a Menlo alumni and brought me on to the project. And I'm ever so grateful, but if anything, that really just emphasizes how we are truly a family stay together and within and support each other. And really, you know, emphasizing how Menlo brought us together as well. Yeah. Excellent. Elijah, love to hear your uh, your final thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I mean, in in line with that, you know, community is key and critical and crucial in in the Web three world. I mean, so much you, you hear that word so much in Web three, and obviously, community existed well well beyond Web three, right? Um, but this is where you know it's uh, that saying like it takes a village, right? It takes a tribe, it takes a community, right? And and this is where you know there's only so much we can do. Um, and the gallery, our core community, the core tribe, the people that are actively working on this day to day, there's about a dozen of us, right? And, and many of us are doing it fractionally. We have, you know, got to keep the lights on. So we have a gig, right? Like, you know, maybe doing some contract consulting in the day, but otherwise our heart, soul, and mind are, are with gallery arc. Sometimes our bodies are doing something else, like, you know, plugging away on, on serving something else. But otherwise, you know, we are very keen on growing our community, growing our tribe. And it's either as a, uh, a collector or it could be as a curator or it could be as a creator. 
Um, but it can also be, you know, with that, like, you know, there's also, we, there's need for um, uh, operational talent, marketing talent, community growth talent to support Tatum and, you know, tech talent to support Ashok and augmented reality talent to support Paco and business and, you know, uh, finance talent to support myself, uh, Natalie, Greg, Daniel, um, and design talent to support Adam and George. You know, it's like, like, it's just, there's, we, we do, we have a lot of needs. Um, but as we have these needs, our absolute interest is to give, you know, we receive, we take to give, and we want to give abundantly. And this is where, you know, there's the talent that is, you can't put a price tag on that. But what you can't put a price on though is investments. So that's the other thing that we can use is, you know, some, many are very um, uh, generous with their, their sweat and lean in. And like I said before, we, we got bills to pay. We've got to keep the lights on. So um, we are actively fundraising as well. Um, you know, we were starting to do an institutional style kind of venture um, round, but where the market went and where it is, you know, we've kind of taken our foot off that gas. Um, but with or without funding, we're committed. We're going to continue to push forward. Uh, but, you know, funding certainly helps a lot. Um, but I think actually what what's more valuable than funding is actually just that community development and whether it's from the core or adjacent. Excellent. Elijah Tatum, it's been a real honor and pleasure having you on, uh, on the Innovators today. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you, Tom. Yeah, thank you. Love to have you on in the future as well. I hope you, if you're uh, both uh, willing to do so, it's a terrific show. Absolutely. Yeah, sure. Anytime. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you, Elijah. Thank you, Tatum. You've been listening to the Innovators Podcast and Show. Our guest today has been Elijah Kim, husband, father, and founder of Gallery Arc, and Tatum Dioro, business operations, partnerships, and growth. Gallery Arc is, um, is helping to bring Web3 to life with augmented reality. For more information, feel free to visit their website at galleryarc.com. Again, that's galleryarc.com. Thank you for listening. The Innovators radio show and podcast is recorded at Stanford University Studios in Stanford, California, and on location. The audio engineer is Eris Chikopoulos and chief engineer Mark Lawrence. And the executive producer of The Innovators is Tom Dioro.